Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey, everybody. This is Turk22. And I'm a Comey. Hey, Comey. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Good. So, um, hey, it's my two dads. Ah. Gay. <laughs> Nicole, your mom was a slut. <laughs> hate to break it to you. Oh, this site has an AI chatbot. I don't need that. The hell out of my face. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, so we were, um, you and I have occasionally talked about different things. Um, and, um, and I was, I was telling you about a conversation I had where I was just screwing around and I was just saying some ridiculous stuff. And, uh, and I was basically kind of explaining how I would use a really, really ridiculous defense to, uh, to uh, a ri- ridiculous claim to defend myself uh, like for murder. Right. And so my whole thing was like, you know, I stabbed a guy and we're like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't stab this guy to death. Uh, what happened was I was performing an experimental, uh, 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 hold on, was it, um, Oh, crap, what do you call it? Um, transplant. Experimental transplant. <laughs> I was I was transplanting this knife into their body, but unfortunately their body kept rejecting it, so I had to keep, keep redoing the procedure. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it, it just so happened that the, that the, uh, the patient bled out before, um, before we could actually get the, the, the transplant to, to, to take. So we were unsuccessful, but you know, that's what happens in experimental surgeries, you know, with the, uh, when you, when you're testing out something new like this. And yeah, but I didn't stab him. I was, I was trying to transplant a knife into their body, but their body kept rejecting it. And so I had to try it again. And they said, just, they just bled out. Um, you know, and unfortunately, because I'm, um, it was a, uh, it was a medical procedure, um, but it was an experiment. I don't have, uh, you know, uh, insurance, you know, malpractice insurance. So, I mean, you can't really sue me for anything. You know, <laughs> plus, I'm not really a licensed doctor. This was a scientific experiment. Yeah. It's, it's a damn shame that, that he, that he died because if, had they lived, then they would have been a, uh, a, a modern medical Marvel. Um, but damn, I'm so, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> but I, but I, I, mean, I do want to say what sells it. But I, I do want to say that uh, I do um, I do champion the fact that you were brave enough to even volunteer for such an experiment, and uh, and were so forward facing that all they could think about was not their own personal safety, but the great strides we'd be able to make in uh, advancements in medicine. You know, by by taking part in this. And how much we would learn from, you know, knife transplants that would save people's lives in the future. <laughs> knife transplants. Mm-hmm. All right. And all this came about was um, was because I texted you and I said uh, I this article that said uh, recipient of first uh, pig heart transplant dies um, a week after like the surgery. And I was like, well. If they died a week after the surgery, 
then it wasn't a very successful transplant, now was it? I mean, <laughs> that was the problem, was that the headline said the recipient of the first successful pig heart transplant dies after a week. Yeah, it's like, then, I mean, a week is not enough to be able to say that that was successful. <laughs> uh, I mean, because, like, if you were a doctor, like, so, uh, I'm a doctor, and, uh, ready to do some surgery. Oh, really? So, how long have you been practicing? Oh, I just graduated last week. But, I mean, a week's enough time to be able to say I'm a successful doctor, right? I mean, <laughs> I graduated last week. Yeah, I haven't smacked my head on anything, so I should say, oh, well, not that knowledge up here. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I don't really think you can consider that a success when the patient only lived for like a week. Even if you say, well, that's two days longer than we thought he was going to live, that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, you especially, me to a lesser extent, but uh, we, we definitely have a penchant for being able to BS our way through a conversation. And I think that gives us uh, a good penchant for dealing with a court of law. Why me especially? Because you can just come up with lies like it, <laughs> like like you're breathing, and it's amazing. <laughs> I do lie well. <laughs> See, I don't I don't really lie well, but I improv well. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the difference between lying and improv is just how much of your heart you want to put into it. <laughs> Yeah, that's my problem. I can't put my heart into anything, really. Right. Depression's a bitch. So. But yeah, so we thought it'd be fun to... Uh, Tell some lies? To, to, to lie to people. We care about our subscriber base. To spend some yarns? <laughs> no, we thought it might be interesting to go over some court cases. And talk about how we would... Uh, if, you know... If that were us, um, or if we had to defend that person, like how we how we would defend them, maybe using like the craziest like defense out there. Yeah. So I mean, I think most people have heard of the you know quote Twinkie defense, mm -hmm. which was not the actual name of the defense, but you know the Twinkie defense where the guy was like, you know, uh, I was feeling off that day. You know, I, I treat my body in a certain manner, and that day I, you know, I did something that uh, that was against the regular like regimen that I do, and you know, I ingested something that uh, they had a lot of sugar in it. My body didn't know how to handle it, and so it kind of caused me to to uh, to not think properly and to um, take actions that I normally would not have done had I not polluted my body. Now, that wasn't the full defense. That was just part of the defense, but it worked enough to where, you know, you know, he, you know, got away with the crime. And the crime was murder. So, a horrible murder at that. I mean, so, but if you guys want to know more about that, I'm not going to go into the great details of that, but you can just look up Twiggy Defense and it'll, you know, bring you up with everything about it. Um, but, you know, myself, I was like, I wonder... Like, if we could really use a, a ridiculous, like, premise, like, how it didn't stab the guy, I was trying to, you know, perform the first, like, or perform a, a knife implant, or <laughs> transplant, and it just didn't work out. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't really prove that I wasn't. Right, right. 
And I'm like, hey, here, here, hold this. Oh, shit, it came out again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got some court cases here. Okay. Figured we could just go over some of them. Oh, right, sounds good. Uh, there was a man in 1991 who sued Budweiser for failing to help him attract beautiful women. He sued Budweiser, so what was his, uh, alright, so what was his claim? I, I get, I get that he was the, that Budweiser was helping him to attract beautiful women, but how did it fail him in doing so? Uh, in his claim, uh, which was, he was suing for $10,000, his claim is that the commercials led him to believe that if he drank Budweiser, beautiful bikini clad women would fawn all over him. And he got Budweiser, and it did not do so. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, it, he suffered emotional distress, mental injury, and financial loss. Alright, so... Alright, so, if I was going to defend this guy... Um, so, we'd have to take a look at the commercial, and see, you know, what about the commercial made, led him to believe that that would be possible. So the first thing I would think of is, okay, so we take a look at the commercial and see in the commercial, how, how is this, uh, how is the, is the beer promoted? Is it, they shows a person like grabbing a beer and they open it up and all of a sudden the women come over, they start talking to them like, Oh, look at that. Um, and is there anything else with the, with the beer in the commercial that says, um, that says that, Oh, Hey, um, drinking this beer is about enjoying the taste of a good Budweiser. Or is it, I grabbed a beer and I'm at a party and I opened it up and then people just start talking to me. Or I grabbed a beer and someone's like, hey, good choice. You like Budweiser? And that immediately made me, you know, the, the subject of a conversation or it brought people over there so that we could then have a conversation. I mean, that's, that's an important thing. How are you promoting this? If your promotion is to say that, um, that, hey, this is a really nice drink. You should try it. Um, and there are other people also that, uh, around you that also enjoy it, you know, like for example, if, if I was going to sell like a pair of Nikes, uh, or I'm going to sell Nikes and I show a person buying the shoes and then they get in a car and they go driving and they drive all the way to like from New York to California and then they get out of the car and we just focus on the door opening up and they get out and the, and the shoes are pristine, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you know, Nike can take you from New York to California, you know, and still look just as clean and still look brand new. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, but not in the way that you're saying it. You know? Right, right. Like you show me a pair of shoes, you show it doing this, and yes, everything about that is true, but you're also basically trying to tell me that I can, like, that the, that the shoes are what made it all possible, not the car, <laughs> not the, like, $800 in gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so, so I'd have to know the commercial. I wonder how ridiculous a claim we could make in a commercial nowadays. Oh, I think you could make all kinds of ridiculous claims. Grubhub, it'll make you want to fuck your dad. <laughs> um, so there's, there's quite a few 1991 commercials. Uh, so there's quite a few uh, 1991 Budweiser commercials, but the only one that I can see a woman in the thumbnail is this top one. So we'll check this out. Uh, so, okay. I don't see beautiful women in this. 
I also don't see the beer yet oh, either. Th- there we go. There's a beautiful woman. No, mm, beautiful. Not, I mean, she's not even 1991 beautiful. She's, <laughs> she's like 1991 tolerable. She, she's 1991 small Midwestern town beautiful. Okay, so that one at least had a female in it. Um, so that commercial was... Um, gay. <laughs> it didn't say anything about the beer. No. It, was just, it, was, it just showed a bunch of like people in America doing different things. And then it was like, oh, and this guy right here is enjoying a beer. Like, for all I know, he's a damn peeping Tom. He's been spying with people from the bushes and filming them. He's at home watching it back on his VCR. And he's like, he does it while drinking a Bud. Like, then nothing about the commercial even said, like, that said anything about the beer itself. It, or, oh, here we or, go. Or, or, hey, let's enjoy a beer. It was just like, hey, look at all this stuff that's going on. Oh, by the way, this guy drinks it. <laughs> Okay, this this one is a little bit more along those lines. So, um, we see a bunch of people walking into a bar. We see American Psycho point and wink at somebody. Eats Marty McFly's chips. Michael Jackson's gang is walking there. There, There's some hot chicks. There's some hot chicks. And uh, then he makes a funny Jerry Seinfeld face. Just walks away from the hot chicks. Horses, beer, more hot chick. Okay. Oh, yeah, there she goes. She was coming in for a kiss. There's... Um, playing basketball in a bar. That's exactly what you would want to do when you uh, are drinking Bud. Okay. Anything to distract you from the fact that you're drinking Bud. Right. Um, so, in that one, I would have to say that the main premise there were people gathering around together in a bar, um, having fun, having drinks, and it, I would say that it, it does seem to promote that the main thing there is that attractive women drink beer, drink Budweiser. And that if you want, because there's a part where it's like, like, hey, look, the camera's pointing at us. And you're like, and the guy lifts up his beer and she, the girl lifts up her beer. She's like, hey, we're drinking Budweiser. And it's like, okay, that's completely necessary. I'm, I'm, I'm actually just like film, filming my grandmother's birthday over here. But yeah, <laughs> thank you for telling me that you drink Budweiser. That, that's fantastic. Good for you. Um, the thing about that commercial, though, is... How I will use to use that to to help my client is that it all it just showed like attractive men, young men and women drinking Budweiser and having fun. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in that around them that were uh, that were ha- they nobody else around them was having fun and they weren't drinking Budweiser. Right. So that leads me to believe a couple things. One, attractive people drink Budweiser. Uh, drinking Budweiser uh, will basically, it's fun. It will make how attractive people get together and just makes the entire evening much more pleasant and, and um, just makes everything just so much more fun. It, it definitely seems to be pushing the message that people will find you, find your presence more tolerable. Right. They'll find you to be cooler and funnier if you're drinking their beer. The other part about that is also that it seems it leads me to believe, right? It leads me to believe that if I'm able to purchase Budweiser, then I must be attractive yeah. and cool and someone that people want to be around. Or else I shouldn't even be able to buy the beer. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that's what the commercials tell me that if you buy this, you are one of these people, you fall within this demographic. So, 
I have to be one of these people. Like it's not possible for me because I bought the beer. I have the beer right here. I'm drinking the beer. Your commercial led me to believe because nothing about it said, he said that cool, crisp taste, whatever, but nothing about it said, hey, you know, uh, drink Budweiser because it tastes good. Even if you said Budweiser, it'll get you so drunk that you'll forget all your problems. Hey, okay, that's something I can get behind. That's a true statement. But you didn't even put that out there. You're just like, hey, Budweiser, look at all these young people having fun drinking Budweiser. Like, don't you want to be one of them? If you drink Budweiser, then, you know, by default, you must be one of these people and this will happen to you. Yeah. So um, my client did exactly what was shown in the commercial and none of these things happened to him. I mean... Could argue that your client is fat and dumpy. And he should not have been able to buy Budweiser. <laughs> because there were no people that were fat and dumpy in that commercial drinking Budweiser. And people that were drinking Budweiser were all having fun. The people that were not having fun were not drinking Budweiser. My client drank Budweiser. He did not have fun. Therefore, your commercial was misleading. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. That'd be, that'd be like me, like, you know, open up a can of Schmitz Gay and then and having sex with a woman. Like, like what? That should be possible. I'm drinking Schmitz Gay. Yeah, I, I would I would like to submit that it's just a defective product in general. That's how I would approach it. Because it's like, clearly that is what the commercial is is propagating. And, you know, we can we can dismiss or argue the semantics over, over my client's attractiveness any day. But, you know, clearly... The judge and uh, the the defense attorney here is uh, yeah they're they're some good looking guys so we'll let them try drinking some mm-hmm. and see how the women of the court find their appeal at that moment right so there you go yeah I mean so for example um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use one of your competitor beers to show that this is how a product works and this is how a product is properly sold and marketed and it stands and lives up to exactly the promise that that it that it gives. So here it is we have a uh, we have a a, uh, a bottle of uh, uh, Crosweiser, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only beer made endorsed by Bill Cosby, right? Cosweiser. <laughs> and and the commercial says Cosweiser guaranteed you know, to get you laid. <laughs> it's like, knocks a girl off her feet. Now, <laughs> I'm going to pour up a glass here and give it to this darling young lady. Here, have a glass of Cros- Cosweiser. Okay? Man, you <laughs> seem stressed out. You need to relax a little bit. Have this drink. All right. <laughs> this product lives up to its promises. Budweiser did not. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, here we go. A Pennsylvania graduate school student sues a teacher over a C-plus grade. Or a C-plus grade? Yeah. Her teacher gave her a C-plus. Uh, that would prevent her from getting her intended degree of becoming a licensed therapist. And according to the plaintiff, this would cost her $1.3 million in lost earnings. It's currently being heard in Northampton County Court right now. According to this website, which might not be current. Okay. So I think what we have to do is we have to start off with um, asking, like, uh, what was the, what, how do we get to the C plus total? 
So you're saying that the work that they did was only worth a C plus. We're talking about like, like a final, so like a final grade. Like, okay, here is the your final test. This is going to represent like 50% of your total grade. And what you have to do is um, show me like the proper acupuncture points on this uh, on this model, or um, you know, like you need to be able to name all the the uh, muscles and this area right here, or if a person is saying that they have a, that they're experiencing pain or discomfort in this region of the body, like what could be causing that if, if the pain is muscle related or sorry, what, where would you look to see if the pain that they're experiencing is muscle related? Um, and which muscles, uh, would you, would you be looking for and what kind of like agitation, irritation would you be looking for within those muscles? I'm pretty sure she's just a therapist, therapist, not like a physical therapist or a massage therapist. Or I thought it said something about, about massage. No. Um, I'm mistaken. then. <clears throat> no, licensed therapist. Okay. I guess I just actually went to massage because, you know, I don't believe in all that head shrinking stuff. <laughs> um, so I therapist. So, okay. So then it'd be like, all right, a person comes in with these kind of symptoms, a mental disorder. Um, or they said they're experiencing these kind of uh, uh, mood swings, or the, their disposition is this. Now, what kind of questions would you would you ask them about their uh, about their regular habits, their mood, their family? You know, like what what was it that led you to that um, to give them a C plus? You know, so was it the final grade? Was their overall grade? Like, how did you how did you get to that? And 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 then from that, like. Let's say they got some of these uh, these steps wrong. How do you determine that, that this was wrong and that there wasn't a different way of being able to diagnose this condition? Mm-hmm. Like if you say, well, you should start them off on this medication here or gone this way or gone that way. Um, what's to say that uh, that there wasn't another way of doing that that would still lead you to the same answer just as quickly? Uh mm-hmm. And I put it that way. So, so what? What about it made any of their answers wrong? I would say that at a certain point, you have to look at the grading system itself. Is the grading system itself really fair or accurate? Because yeah, my my client clearly tried her best and put in all of her effort. So, at what point is it that she failed to? meet the requirements versus the teacher failing as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe the teacher just did not teach the material properly. So up to a certain point, it may be an inside problem here. So, so taking that, that as well. So I assume that we're working off scenarios, right? We're not actually using real people with real medical problems that you're bringing forth for these people to diagnose. <laughs> Oh, no, no, Jim actually committed suicide. (laughs) She is definitely directly responsible for Jim's death. Do we know that, though? (laughs) Do we know that this, that Jim came to us, you know, at a point that he could still be saved? Maybe by the time that Jim came to us, though, there was really nothing that could be done to save his life. So he hands you Jim's suicide note that says it's all Megan's fault. I was going to get better. Okay, so then I was going to say, okay, so uh, Jim shot himself with a gun. Um, the gun was registered to Megan. 
Um, and it was left for him, uh, at her, at the, her, her, the nurse's desk to say, please make sure Jim gets this. He needs it for tonight. <laughs> uh, like they, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, like the, uh, yeah, that she, she probably was responsible. <laughs> remember uh, under the chin, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, but I, no, other than that, I can't, um, like you have to tell me like why or how you believe that, that there was only one solution because that's not believable that you say that there's only one solution to this particular person's mental state and that this person came to me in time to be able to save his life. And if you're going off of just a scenario and you're saying that, well, uh, in our, in our scenario here, this is the, or these are the, um, like, uh, these are the, uh, the characteristics of this person's behavior or, or whatever it's going to be, that still doesn't mean that in a real life situation that that person won't have additional issues or that what you have scripted out to work in a scenario is going to work. It's not a blanket thing that this is always going to work. If that were the case, then we wouldn't have so many people with mental issues that either are di- that are undiagnosed or that are still struggling. Sometimes it can take years for someone to be able to to find out what works best for them and to be able to truly pinpoint what their issue is. So mm-hmm. the fact that she wasn't able to do it in three months and that Jim committed suicide, now that's unfortunate, but that could have still happened regardless. So you need to be able to prove to me that whatever it is that you gave her a C plus on, right, was the only way possible and that she missed several stages or steps, avenues in between that would have taken us down a different road because in a real life situation, you know, you can't tell me that this was not inevitable. Mm-hmm. That works. Because you have to remember in, in court, it's all about what you can prove. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to also remember that it's about who has to prove what. If you're, if she's saying, well, you cost me this and I can't get, uh, I couldn't get the job because you gave me a C plus and no one's going to hire me because it was a C plus. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's verifiable. Be like, yes, we would not hire somebody with a C plus grade. You know, like we need, they need to be, well, you know, it, it kept her from getting her degree. So, right. Okay. Like, so there, yeah. Like she, she won't get any job at all without a degree. So then you need, so then the teacher would have to be able to show me or show the court why she deserved a C plus based off of whatever it is, test scores, you know, uh, final exams, you know, doctoral thesis, whatever it is, show me and prove to me that, or to the court, that these things were absolute and there were no variables in a real life situation that could change the outcome. Mm-hmm. She can't do it. Because she can't, because there's just too many variables. If you wrote a scenario that says this, this is the only way that's possible, then that's not a blanket scenario I can use with every client. And therefore, it's flawed. Because if you tell me that this is how I'm going to have to approach every client that comes to me that says, hey, doc, I don't feel good. I've been having suicidal thoughts. And like, well, no, that doesn't work. Sometimes taking somebody and say, oh, well, the first thing we do is we need to get you checked into a, uh, that, can lead, <laughs> that can lead them straight into suicide. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, that's right. what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, I, I would definitely want to target the grading system. Um, okay, so this is one that's, like, really well-known, and I already know that I'd take the 
the plaintiff's side on this, uh, the McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit. Oh, I know all about that one. Yeah. Stella Weebeck spills coffee on her lap. It completely fucked her up and destroyed her, and everybody made fun of it. There were even episodes of Seinfeld making fun of it. Oh, uh, yeah. They told you to put bomb on. <laughs> oh, the maestro told you to put bomb on. <laughs> which, is, which is really funny. I mean, that, that episode's funny. We will offer you free coffee. I'll take it! <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode, but yeah, like... Like, everybody's like, oh, this woman's so petty, she spilled her coffee and she, and she sued. And it's like, if you look at the injuries that it caused her, it fucked her up bad. Yeah. So, so in the Seinfeld thing, you know, with that one, Kramer put the coffee in his pocket and sat down yeah. and with it, you know, which is completely different. Um, but the girl, but first, the woman's like 80 years old or something, and the lid wasn't on properly, and the coffee was like 150 degrees. Like, so it was like way hotter than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And and it's one that is spilled like the the lid wasn't on properly and it spilled over. She didn't just dump it in her lap. It spilled over and burned the inside of her thighs to the point where she had to have multiple skin grafts. She had difficulty walk. She actually couldn't walk again. Mm-hmm. And and of course, her being an older woman, so yeah, like the the joke story that people hear, they're like that was never worth that much. Is nothing like the real case at all. Mm-hmm. And that woman was done wrong. Like. And, and because people were making fun of it and the the official ruling of like, you know, $35 million or whatever was then, was then, uh, 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 contested and then changed to some to like a lower amount because of, it was because of all of the, uh, the media attention and because people didn't know the truth. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like what they say now. It's like you get judged by the media, mm-hmm. um, which is some bullshit. Yep. Coffee is normally supposed to be 130 degrees. Hers was served at 190 degrees. Yeah. Third degree burns over 6% of her body. So, yeah, like that one, that, that doesn't even fit into the category of a of a ridiculous court case to me. It's like, no, she she got done real dirty. And here's the thing. The, there is nothing, no kind of packaging at all. That or or cup or anything else that McDonald's has. I don't even have have anything in my house that I could put a hundred and ninety degree like boiling water into. Oh, that's yeah. not gonna just be too hot for my hands and not melt right through like the thing. Even, uh, even like my damn pans, man. My my cast iron pans are like that's gonna melt right through that. I mean, I've I've used styrofoam cups, and if it's not a good enough quality styrofoam coffee, that's too hot will start sweating right through it. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, if they actually were serving it too hot, that's totally on them. And if she only got 600000 she got done real dirty. Yeah, and, like, and her medical bills were insane because mm-hmm. of, like, the skin grafts and stuff. Yeah, she she really got done wrong. And it was all because the media took it and they were like, and they made it seem, they made it out to be that she was just some clumsy old lady and that she, like, held it between her legs and then she squeezed too hard because she had, you know, Kegel reflexes and like that. Like, no, 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 no. That's nothing like what the true story was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, fuck McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And then that led to arbitration laws. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, there's a whole, uh, there's a documentary on HBO called Hot Coffee that went into whole, all of that. And then the whole arbitration laws and stuff like that, where, you know, now when, um, which is, which is like the whole another bullshit fucking topic, which is, you know, if you look at something, let's say like your Apple agreement, that says, hey, um, you're not allowed to sue us uh, 
And that's what a lot of companies do. It's like, you can't sue us for a defective product or anything else. If you have an issue, then we'll settle it through arbitration. Arbitration means that we're going to get together and we're going to get a, a, uh, a judge that's going to like listen to both sides of it. But we get to determine the judge. And it's basically one that's in our pocket that we pay for that we use for all of arbitration. Mm-hmm. So they're already going to be a little biased towards us because we feed them. Yep. Yep. So you really don't have a way of winning at all. Yes, yeah, some fucked up shit. Yeah. And what's even more messed up is like that the arbitration is a standard thing for um for for businesses. Mm-hmm. And then you have something like your user agreement that you have to sign or else you can't use my product. Well, I mean I bought it, right? I mean, imagine if, if you had a like a user agreement on like your like your steak to be like, Oh, I bought these steaks from the from the uh, grocery store. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, did you read the user agreement? What? Yeah. These can really be grilled. It has to be on a, uh, it has to be on a charcoal grill. You can't use propane. It has to be one that's made by this particular company right here or else that. And then you can't season it at all. You must use like this, whether you're allergic or not, on the meat. Um, and so, and if you don't do any of that stuff and the meat doesn't turn out right, well, then, you know, yeah, that's your fault. And we can actually sue you for misusing our product. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. If I bought the thing, I can do whatever I want. If I want to buy an iPhone and shove it up my ass and then call myself repeatedly so it can <laughs> buzz and get me off, then that's what I'll do. <laughs> I mean, once I buy it, it's mine. Yep. You know, but if I buy it and this shit doesn't work from the word go, you tell me that I can't sue you? But like... If I say, "Hey, look, the phone doesn't, the, you know, the phone doesn't work. It never works." Like, yeah, but once you buy and take it out of the store, then you know it's yours, mm-hmm. and then the company has, has no liability for it. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> it's like a bank. You know, if, if you if you go to the bank, cash a check, or you get some money out of the bank, they give you money. You step outside, and then you realize that, hey, wait a minute, this one bill they gave me it looked kind of funny. Since when is Ronald McDonald on a hundred dollar bill? You go back inside and be like, "Hey, I think this bill that you gave me is counterfeit." Right. They're like, "You you don't you can't prove that we gave you that bill, dude." I I stepped right outside the door. I was right there in the window. I was holding the money up as I was showing it to you. No, sorry, we we won't take it back because <laughs> because you can't prove that we that that came from us. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, I'm naked. I came in here naked. Like, <laughs> Remember the whole thing of like, sir, you can't come in here naked. And I'm like, you don't serve food. The no shirt, no shoes rule does not apply to us. <laughs> and besides, if you want me to put on a shirt and shoes and still walking here with my dick swinging out, I will. But I think it's kind of pointless. I'm already here. Can I have some money, please? <laughs> you know, it's like, but no, like it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, but you can't prove that it came from us, even though, even if, the, even if that's all they did was just like, Hey, welcome to Counterfeit Bank. Can I help you, please? Yes, I'd like some money. <laughs> like, I'll be giving out a counterfeit bills. Oh, that's fine. You said, but wait a minute. Did she only give out counterfeit bills? Like, should we give me counterfeit bills? I'm sorry, you can't prove that. <laughs> we here at Counterfeit Bank don't give out counterfeit bills, sir. I, I think you're trying to rip us off. <laughs> wait, what? Um, okay, this is stupid. I, I don't know if I'd even try with this guy. Okay. Um, in 1995, inmate Robert Lee Brock from Indian Creek Correctional Center filed a lawsuit against himself for a whopping $5 million for violating his own civil rights. How did he do that? 
He contended that his religion forbids the use of alcohol, and that even so, he made the choice to drink, which led him to commit the crimes that led to, that sent him behind bars in 1993, breaking and entering in grand larceny. I caused myself to violate my religious beliefs, Brock insisted. He angrily demanded five million for himself, but insisted that the state should pay it on his behalf because he was a warden of the state. Uh, when was he a warden of the state? Uh, when he got arrested. Yeah, but he committed the crime before then. Yeah. Yeah, so you are our responsibility until you commit the crime. <laughs> After you committed like, the crime and we found that you had a drinking problem, then we offered you counseling and we tried to make you better and tried to uh, get you into a detox program. Well, he didn't get sued until after. <laughs> yeah, he's, but he sued himself for a, for a crime he committed mm-hmm. or for violating civil rights before he was under our protected property. Yeah. Like, if you, can, if you get struck by lightning before entering my house, you can't sue me. <laughs> Unless, so, of course, I, like, purposely held the door shut. You're like, let me in! <laughs> let me in. God's trying to kill me. No, you gotta get hit by lightning first. They will let you in. Those are the rules. <laughs> um, so, have we finally found one that neither of us are willing to touch? I don't think so. So, you wouldn't try to... You, you, you would still try to defend this guy. Oh, um, I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I can defend. Ah, him. yeah, there we go. There we go. That's that's what I was asking. Yeah, because there's there, his lawsuit doesn't have any. It has no merit to it because what he's what he's asking me to do, um, is like the only person he can sue is him. Like, I mean, he can sue himself with what he's doing, but he's asking for the state to pay for it, mm-hmm. and. Oh, okay. I get it. 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 Okay. He's suing himself for violating his civil rights. Mm-hmm. But because he is currently a ward of the state, because he is incarcerated at the moment, then he can't pay the 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 if he the judgment against himself. So the, the state would have to pay that because they are technically his legal guardians at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, hmm. <laughs> so let's think about this. Yes, I'll take the case. Really? I would. Okay. I'll take the case. Um, I would. But um, we would only take the case so far, and then we would settle. We would offer settlement. Hmm. Now, and part of the settlement, though, is that, you know, as his attorney, I get X amount of the judgment before any uh, any additional... Uh, uh, before any additional conditions are put into place or are, are, uh, are enacted. So my my thing would be that he did this um, and that uh, even that even though he's a war of the state now and that the the judgment um, the decision uh, if if awarded the decision, that the, that the state should have to pay 
doesn't seem reasonable. I do. I also uh, contest that it is the state's responsibility. Uh, let's say bear some responsibility to this because he was unaware of how to even properly uh, get treatment for any possible alcohol addiction because the uh, the state did not have a good uh, anti-drugs and uh, drug and alcohol plan or promote that they did have such things available to be able to help people that have a possible, uh, that are addicted or have a possible addiction. Um, and so because that was not evident to him to where he could have gone and gotten help, that's the state's fault because they did have that available, but they didn't properly promote it or let it be known in the areas where he lived. So that then fell upon him. Now in the settlement, what I would do is I would say, because he is still incarcerated for the crime, that the settlement will then be used, instead of being paid to him or being set aside for him, the settlement will be used for his care while incarcerated. Hmm. With the, uh, with the condition that if he is a model citizen, that, uh, that and doesn't really require any additional care beyond what the, a normal prisoner would get, that, um, that that money is going to be set aside for him for upon his release so that he can uh, be able to start his life over again because of how the system failed him. But if he does require any additional care or, or you know, or, you know, does something that, that takes him off the, the path of being a model citizen, then that's basically going to eat into his settlement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the other part of that, though, is if he is released early, that he is not entitled to monies, uh, like the additional amount, because like, if he's supposed to be serving a five-year sentence, he gets out after three, after three years. He doesn't get like the remaining two years paid directly to him. He only gets the, the model citizen amount that would be paid out or put aside, you know, for the remainder of his original, um, uh, incarcerated, uh, or sentence, sentence amount. Mm-hmm. So that way the state doesn't lose anything and he doesn't gain more than what's, what's needed. Interesting. So basically the state would then end up settling like a $5 million claim for like $20,000. Right. <laughs> provided that he doesn't get himself in any more trouble. And of course, if he does, then, you know, he'll basically, if he ever gets out of prison, he'll get out of there with nothing. But as his attorney... I still get like 20% of the total judgment. So I walk away fat and happy. Right. What do you think? Is that plausible? Is that doable? Uh, I think so. I mean, I don't know. but <laughs> So the other thing I think about is, um, is how much is it going to cost them to continue for this thing to drag out? <laughs> so with those conditions, because the state's paying for it anyway, so basically they're paying themselves to do what they were already going to do. So they're not really paying anything. The only thing they're doing is just setting aside, you know, whatever it is that this person might get if they do what's right. Mm-hmm. Which then ends up actually working out for the state because if the person doesn't do what's right, that money is set aside, which is growing interest, right? Yeah. Goes to them. Plus, he's only entitled to what he would get, you know, for being basically good good boy dollars, right? <laughs> He doesn't get the interest. So if that's paid out to him, he gets the good boy dollars. The state still gets to keep the interest. 
So it still works out for them in the long run. They're basically taking like $20,000, setting it aside, and then saying, you know, like if this guy does what he's supposed to do, we get we get like this extra money from nowhere. If he doesn't, we get our money back plus this extra money from nowhere. Yeah. It still works out for them no matter what. And I can say, okay, what I'm asking here, once we crunch all the numbers, is that you set aside twenty, thirty thousand dollars for this guy. How much is it going to cost if we continue to take this thing along and I do an appeal or whatever? If it's going to cost you like twice that much, why not just settle? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll take the we'll uh, we'll uh, uh, seal the agreement, the settlement, so that no one will really know what happened. He'll be a, have a uh, a non disclosure, so we can't talk about it in prison. So he can't say whether or not he that what the settlement was. So no one else will know. So no one else will have to try this kind of thing, and then we'll be done. And again, I still get to walk away with all the money. Not bad. I'm evil. <laughs> God, I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I don't know if we'll be able to get to all seven or forty-five minutes in. Are we now? Yep. But uh, let's try this. This could be pretty interesting. Okay. A $10 dry cleaning bill turns into a $67 million civil lawsuit. Hmm. Okay, what's the case? Uh, guy was preparing to begin his new job as administrative judge. Was uh, He bought himself a pair of pants to a dry cleaner, brought a pair of pants to a dry cleaner, for alterations, and the pants went missing. At first, the guy demanded $1,150 for an entire brand new suit, rather than just the pants. Uh, the owners first offered $3,4600, and finally $12,000 for the missing suit, but... Wait, 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 how much was he asking for for a brand new suit? At first, it was just $1,150. But somehow that ramped up to twelve thousand. That's what they offered him was twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. When so twelve times what he was asking mm-hmm. for no reason. Uh, then two years later, he finally decided on a nice round number, uh, sixty-seven million dollars, which includes emotional damages, legal fees. Although he represented himself, ten years of car rental fees, so that he could frequent another dry cleaner. And the three hundred and ninety-five dollar value of the pants themselves. Hmm. Obviously, he uh, wipes the case. Hey, wait, how much were the pants? Uh, three hundred ninety-five dollars. And I cannot defend this guy because <laughs> for, for him to be a judge, he is way too damn stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I this guy would have to be need need to be disbarred over this because. <laughs> If he thinks that that is a proper, like, lawsuit, then how in the hell would you be able to even judge a, <laughs> any kind of crime mm-hmm. or, or case? Like, that's, like, no, that that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and then, like, he was starting a new job as a judge. He only had one pair of pants, apparently. Um, okay. Uh, even though he just bought some, he should have already still had some pants. Um, but the... Um, he rented a car to take him to a dry cleaner, but he didn't have a car already. Apparently not. And somehow, in all, within all this, like he still thought that renting a car made more sense than just buying one. <laughs> I mean, if it were me, 
I would just, if I were representing this guy, I wouldn't try to get him his total. You know, I would, I would say maybe try to buck for the uh, cost of an entire suit, go for the one thousand one hundred fifty. But at that point, anything beyond that's just greed. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would have to question me like, okay, um, so they lost the pants. The only, the only way I can even think about representing this guy would be I have to take a look at that. Okay, um, you guys lost these pants. How did you lose these pants? Like, is this? Is this something that happens often that you guys will lose a pair of pants? Like, I mean, is this, do you regularly lose pants? Like, I, like that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so explain that to him. Explain to me how you lost these pants. Um, and then, like, so these pants were lost. Was there anything else lost at the same time these pants were lost? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then kind of break it down from there and then try to show incompetence on their part. I think it's the only way you can do it. I mean, maybe so, but I don't think you could get $67 million from all that either. Um, I think you... Well, no, you couldn't because they offered him... Uh, you know, they offered him uh, payments and he chose not to take them. Yep. Other options and... Uh, and yeah, then basically, wait, was it 10 years? Uh, two, I think. Two years. Well, you, you said something about... Um, 10 years, something at the end, something about 10 years. Oh, um, he was required to pay the defendant's legal fees, and a judicial panel recommended that Pearson not receive a 10-year term on the bench. Okay. So he basically didn't get to become a judge. So, silver lining there, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of people have like, didn't do time, thanks to that guy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, uh, all, all I could do would be to try to talk him down from what he's trying to do. I'd represent the case in that sense, but other than that, it's like, you're a selfish, greedy old fart. Mm-hmm. Go to hell. Um, okay, this could be interesting. Uh, a, in a 2006 case, Portland man Alan Heckard filed a lawsuit against Michael Jordan and Nike founder Phil Knight for a combined $832 million. Half of that amount, $416 million, was aimed at Jordan simply for having similar facial features. Right, he was black? While the other $416 million was aimed at Nike for turning Jordan into the recognizable figure that he is. Heckard had been mistaken for the NBA superstar for the last 15 years and had grown tired of it. Heckard told the court that Jordan caused him emotional pain and suffering, defamation, and personal injury. Yeah, I can't help him. Now, if people walked up to me and were like, oh my god, you look just like Michael Jordan, if, if you're looking at that as anything other than a chance to get laid, you're not living your life right. <laughs> Have you seen that, that movie Game Night? Uh, I don't think so, no. Uh, but there's this whole part in Game Night where they... Um, the guy and his wife are, they're having this, uh, I think it's game night. They're, they're having this whole, like, uh, argument in this dispute because the, she cheated on him and he's like, you cheat on me. It's like, I didn't cheat on you. And then he finds, he finally admits that yes, 
he cheated on uh, she cheated on something she finally missed it yes she cheated on him but she cheated on him with denzel washington and he's like what she's like yeah i was uh at this thing and it was like it was denzel washington you know like he's like like the one guy if i was gonna do anything is like denzel washington's like denzel washington like, how did you cheat on me with denzel washington so this goes this whole deal whatever and it's like you didn't sleep with Denzel Washington. She's like, yeah, I did. And it's like, no, you didn't. And it's like, there's this guy. Um, he's like, that, that is like, uh, people think look like Denzel Washington is like, why do you think he was driving this kind of car? It's like, and it's like, didn't you say like you had to pay for a hotel room? Like, why would, why would, why would Denzel like not already have a hotel room where they, and she's like, what? And then she like thought back about it. And they, they, when they showed the guy in the flashbacks, he looked like the, I think he kind of look like Denzel, but then when they show him, like, he's like, he looks like nothing like him. <laughs> she's like, he was like, yeah, you didn't sleep with Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to defend his case because it's like, Michael Jordan is by and large not problematic. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no defamation, there's no personal injury. Yeah, I mean, I can see if he was like, yeah, like I'm having these people there, they they're like, oh look, everybody is Tiger Woods, and <laughs> you know, and then like, which at, at you know, on the surface may not seem like a problem, because like you know, yeah, some like older white women like you know, you know, toss themselves at me and be like, I like anal too, like <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I got people who are like, you're a monster, and I was like, you cheat on your wife, and and you. You don't deserve it. And, you know, your golf game sucks now. You know how much money I lost on you betting? You know, like that, that would be like a double edged sword. I bet <laughs> that would, I'd have to like, no, I don't, I don't want it's like, damn you, Tiger Woods. And what the other name is Tiger anyway? But see, I mean, even if people are berating him like that, all he has to do is like whip out his driver's license, be like, huh, sorry, you got me confused for someone else. Oh, of course. That's exactly what we expect Tiger Woods to say with his fake driver's license. <laughs> You know, you know what I think about your driver's license? my ass your driver's license. Ugh, what do you think about that, Tiger Woods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think this guy's being a big bubble-blowing baby. Oh, yeah, most definitely. He could he could go to a bar and pick up any number of chicks. He could go to a bar and drink for free. He could go to a bar and drink for free and then pick up any number of chicks. Yeah. All of whom would be ecstatic for the opportunity to be in an orgy with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, so, you know what they say about a guy with long arms. Like, oh, what do they say? <laughs> it's that clock. <laughs> I don't know, but, but still, I mean, like, yeah, you could, you could, you could get a lot of, uh, a lot of mileage out of that. Oh, yeah. Instead of doing something stupid like, oh, I'm going to sue you because that's not who I am. I'm going to sue Nike for making him visible. Dumbass. Yeah. All right, last one for this page. Uh, in 2008, a sleepy 16-year-old Connecticut high school student dozed off during class and was awoken when his math teacher smacked her palm down on his desk. Student parents decided to sue Danbury High School at the Connecticut Board of Education and the city of Danbury on his behalf, claiming that he suffered severe injuries to his left eardrum. The case was dismissed, and he has been mocked by his fellow students ever since. Mm. Kind of suit uh, the school for allowing bullying. Yeah. And uh, I swear, it looks like the girl's name was Indiana Massacre. 
I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can totally see that. Nineteen seventy-three, the Indiana Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would sue that. I would counter sue the school. Be like, you know, he, you know, he was. Um, yes, he did the wrong thing, and he shouldn't have. Uh, he got scared because. Uh, he was going to be made fun of and then of course that just led to him being made fun of but you guys allowed him to be bullied in school and that's not right and you should have prevented that and you didn't and so now he's suffered even more emotional distress and the worst part about it is he still can't hear out of that ear <laughs> um, oh but I would say this though it was uh, you said that at the end of class the mm-hmm. teacher did that uh, well, let me let me double check Uh, no, it just says he dozed off during class and was awoken when his math teacher smacked her palm down on his desk. Yeah, if she was able to hit the desk so hard that it was able to cause him like, any kind of, like, ear trauma, I can't hear you. <laughs> like, what's that, uh, Happy Gilmore? <laughs> when she grabs him by the ear and drags him out of class and goes, they my ear. <laughs> um... So, yeah, uh, hey, there's nothing I can do except for, like, just do a, be like, uh, she embarrassed him, and that embarrassment led to more embarrassment, um, which then led to him being bullied, which did, excuse me, caused him some emotional distress, unneeded emotional distress, which had a bad effect on his grades, um, and that's what I would do. Hmm. See, I don't know if I could try for an argument like that, because, you know, I'm totally pro-bullying. Well, I can try for... Wow. Wow. Ooh, boy. Oh, underdog. Speed of lightning, ball of thunder. Fire, and plunder. Underdog. <laughs> oh, man. Look, look, look. Oh, wow. It's Go, Go, Gophers. Wow. Hello, Go, Go, Gophers. <laughs> go, Go, Gophers. Watch them go, go. Have you ever seen... Go go first. Uh, I think so. Yeah, that's so great. Because the one the Indian's like, "Hey, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go." And he goes, "Him say." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Anyway, oh man, um, yeah. So that's what I would do. I mean, it's not gonna really do anything because no matter what, um, no matter what, he's still gonna get bullied. Mm-hmm. He's still gonna lose. Um, like his his life is still gonna be nothing but being mocked and ridiculed. But here's the thing. If his parents feel so strongly about this that they're going to hire an attorney, I should be that attorney. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of whether the case is winnable, somebody's going to get paid. Right. And the thing is, I don't have to lose the case. All I have to do is just force a settlement. If I still force a settlement, I still win. See, I say all this about NFTs and nobody likes it. What part? About creating and selling NFTs. No, no, I'm down for it, man. <laughs> You know that. I'm, I'm down for NFTs. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask a question where we're getting off the subject here, but since when is fungible a word? I've never heard of the fucking word fungible until then. You know what? Let's. You know, I don't care what non-fungible means. I don't even really care what fungible means. I care what funge means. Funge. Definition. 
Okay. A blockhead, a dolt, a fool. Really? That is the freedictionary.com. Oh. Try Marianne Webster's. Uh, well, here's Marianne Webster's for fungible, but I don't. I just need to know what funge is. I can deduce. Oh, interchangeable. Huh? Uh, interchangeable. Uh, so, fungible. Being something such as money or a commodity of such nature that one part or quantity may be replaced by another equal part or quantity in paying a debt or settling an account. So. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, fungible is something that's interchangeable. So, non fungible means not interchangeable transfer. Mm hmm. But. That makes it seem like it can't be bought and sold. That it can only be given away. Like, I can't tell if I'm a kingpin or a pauper. Right? I mean, if it's non-fungible, it means it's not interchangeable. Yeah. So... Or at least it's not capable of mutual substitution. So, so a non-fungible token would be something that cannot be... I, I think what they're getting at there is that its value as a JPEG is not inherently tied into the value that it represents on the blockchain. That seems in to be the, incorrect too, doesn't it? Well, in that case, they're not... Uh, they're not uh, interchangeable. How so? Because the single JPEG doesn't hold the same value off the blockchain. Why wouldn't it? Because that's the whole point of an NFT. It's got to be on the blockchain. Yeah, but the blockchain is supposed to be a security measure to to secure the the image. To make sure that someone can't steal it. No, I mean, people can still save stuff and all that. Huh? Like, you can still save the JPEG, it's just not the blockchain thing. Right, what I'm saying is, like, if you're saying that the, that, the, the, that the item doesn't have any value outside the blockchain, right, then, but the blockchain is just there to secure it, to keep someone from taking it, because if it's in the blockchain, it's in, it's in that encrypted uh, format that keeps people from being able to hack it and steal and that sort of stuff without having the password. That's what the whole blockchain is supposed to do. It's basically like tighten down, you know, you know, just the, the Michael, the Van down your Vincent's. So, but you're basically kind of saying that it's, it's almost like it, it, it really to me sounds like a graded comic book. <laughs> like it is a lot like that. It's only has value if it stays in this protective case, but the case doesn't have any value. <laughs> it's just, it's just it's basically I'm assigning value to the case. Not necessarily to the item within it, because if you take it out, it doesn't have the same uh, the same value that I assigned to it. It only has it if it's within the case. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the blockchain. You said if you take it out of the blockchain, right, it doesn't have that same value. It only has it if it stays in the blockchain, but the blockchain is just supposed to be there yeah. to keep it secure. Yeah. Well, um, then that just means that it has no value at all to begin with. <laughs> Non-fungible, essentially in a cryptocurrency setting means that it's unique and can't be replaced with something else. Like money? Pretty much. Like a Bitcoin is fungible. You can exchange that for other forms of crypto. You can exchange it for cash. 
An NFT is like a one-of-a-kind trading card. It is non-fungible. So it means you can't trade it for anything, which means that technically you it can't be bought or sold. Oh, no, you can totally sell it. It's, at that point, it becomes the user's problem, the purchaser's problem. But if it's not fungible, if it means it can't be exchanged, then that's what the whole selling is. Buying and selling is the exchange of goods for services or property. Yeah, but if they walk up to you and say, I will buy your non-fungible for $100,000, that's between you and them. That does not give the token itself an inherent value. It's still not a currency. Right, but but I'm exchanging it for a currency. Yeah. So that's like... You like, sell it for Ethereum, typically. But that's like saying, um, like, an individual item not for resale, but I sell it. I can do that, but I'm not supposed to. It's not supposed to be allowed. So if you did that, it's not going to necessarily inherently uh, negate the value that it has, or even, like, the... Like, if, like if, if you have, like, a like a bottle of aspirin and I sell you one for like $2 and it's like not available for individual resale. It's not going to make it so the aspirin doesn't work now. Right. <laughs> but like, you're not supposed to be able to do that. So, but if you're basically creating an entire market where you're going to do things that you're not supposed to do, that makes it illegal. I mean, apparently not. Otherwise that would have been stopped way sooner. Well, either that or just, they think that, you know, it's just so stupid. Let the idiots play their game. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, I, I've, I've never heard anybody make any kind of statement on, on it being anything but perfectly legal. It's just, yeah, it's, it's an ascribed value. It's, it's me standing up and saying, hey, everybody, I've decided my collection of air guitars is worth $10,000. Who wants one? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're selling your entire collection of air guitars? 10000 each per guitar, yeah. Okay, so you know that for the longest time I've wanted that Fender. And I even talked to you about it. You're like, I'm never planning on selling those. I was like, if you ever do, though, I want the Fender. Let me know. Let me at least have the, the uh, first option. You're like, I don't plan on buying it. You know, So it's like, if I ever do, yes. But that day's never going to come because I'm never going to sell it. So now you're telling me that you're going to sell it. It was just you- a hypothetical. All right. Yeah, yeah, just a hypothetical. I mean, if you're if you're willing to drop ten thousand dollars on the Fender, then you know I I might be willing to consider. But I mean, I don't mind. I, I, I mean, it's a damn good instrument, and I've heard you play it before. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, as long as it's still in the same shape that I saw it was in last time, it, it's pristine. All right. Well, I mean, I'd have to take a look at it first. Obviously, I mean, well, I, yeah, you know, with friends and all, but I mean, as a good way of a good way of ruining a friendship is being too <laughs> trusting. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So. But yeah, I mean, all, all that to say, same basic premise as uh, as NFTs. Yeah, but they can't shred like I can. <laughs> anyway, so we've been going for a little over an hour. So I just got to ask, you know, like these are kind of some, we don't know all the facts of these different cases, whatever, but I, I just got to know, like, from from our listeners, um, would I make a good attorney? <laughs> like like could you would you feel comfortable like if if just say say that that I was the 
was the attorney on your, your case. And I'm not even going to charge you for it. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, pick somebody. Like, you know, uh, here's this guy named Turk182. Be like, would you feel comfortable letting me handle your case and know that uh, that I would do a decent job? I mean, or like, or that I would do like a, a damn good job? Or you'd be like, hell no. I don't know, man. I'm fucking in my life. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I just need to know, like, you know, does it, do I, do I sound like I would be able to put up a decent defense? I'm curious. I'd be interested in seeing people's posts. Yeah. So, I want to know. I want to know if you trust me enough to, to possibly defend you or if you think that if you didn't have a decision that, that you would at least, you know, get a, uh, a, a decent trial. Yep. Yep. All right. So that was fun. Yeah, it was, that wasn't bad. I still want to try a case. They told me we can't get like something like a, like some kind of like scenarios like, uh, like they would use for, um, uh, like law school, but like, oh, okay, here's, here's like a trial case or whatever. And I'd, I'd be down for that. That'd be fun. I'm trying to remember what that's called. You can actually advertise it and hire actors to do it. So yeah, it would cost us money, but. I say, I got that kind of money. You know, you're poor. Well, I mean, you just tell people that you'll pay them in exposure. Yeah, I wonder if that'll work. Yeah, it always does. It works on me. Always does. That's how I got all those girls to, like, pose naked. <laughs> tell my payment exposure. Well, that works. I feel, oh, I feel used and vulnerable. I feel like I've been... Exposed. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. All right. But, yeah, this this has been fun. Um, I don't want to know if anybody would want me for a lawyer. Why not? Because I... I, I just I I don't I wouldn't want to represent any anybody. You'd make a fine lawyer, Jack. I would if I actually went to law school and had the training. I think I'd do okay. But like trying to jump into it now, totally raw. And just follow the routine philosophy, man. That being, ooh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> yeah, does doesn't doesn't work super good for me. When it comes to something really regulated with rules. Hey, as long as you don't violate any of their like their rights and that you take the case seriously, um, then you're calling the game. <laughs> Your Honor, I would like to submit that my my client is a retard. <laughs> I don't think that you can say that. Well, no, no, hear me out, Judge. <laughs> you know what their claim was. <laughs> now, hold on, Your Honor. I'm not disparaging the differently able. <laughs> I'm just saying, retarded means slow. My my client is slow. (laughs) (laughs) Retarded means slow. Was he slow? (laughs) Was he slow? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I I, I definitely want to... I I so want to try a case, man. I mean... Or at least just be part of the defense team. (laughs) I really, really do. I think it'd be so much fun. I'd be a judge. I'll be the judge in your case. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not doing it. 
Because uh, you're an anarchist, that's why. You would, you would rule against me just because. Because <laughs> you, you'd, be, you'd be like, you should have known. You should have known this how it's going to be. And you decided to come to court against me anyway? That's a bad lawyer. Said, yeah, yeah, no, your arguments made sense. Problem is they made too much sense, Turk. <laughs> would have given it to you if you'd had just one logical fallacy in there. Oh, what would you have known this level of details if you were in on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the police said they thought there was a third man. No, no, they, no, they didn't. <laughs> oh, now you call me a liar? <laughs> <laughs> call me a liar in my court? That's contempt. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would do some shit like that. Just <laughs> we, we do a little trolling. <laughs> I'm at the end of the turn. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you all very much. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, tune, us in, uh, tune in to us next time. Uh, and if not, then uh, maybe I'll uh, see you in court. Later, everybody. Zang, yo. Case dismissed. All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>